Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx prisons in the comic book industry. With a strong special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hi guys, welcome back to Comadres y Comics, episode number 28. How are you guys For doing? For reals this time. For real. <laughs> I know. Alright, welcome back girls. Happy to be back, even though I'm sick. <laughs> I know Jen sounds sexy because she's sick, uh, and Kristen yeah. still sounds a remnant of sexy because, <laughs> because she's also getting over her sickness. Yeah, well, it, it's weird. I wasn't actually sick. I just randomly lost my voice, and it was just um, like I didn't have huh. any sore throat or whatever anything. could have done that. I wonder. I, d- <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, um, today is uh, February the 15th, and yesterday was Valentine's Day. What, yes. did you guys, what did you guys do? Do share. Uh, well, this is Kristen. I had to work. It's Wednesday. Or it was Wednesday, so it's new comic book day. So I generally work at the shop at uh, Heidi Ho Comics from 3 to 8 on Wednesdays, and it's our weekly um, discussion group. And so I knew I had to work, so I uh, asked Eddie ahead of time to just get all his work done or any everything he needed to be out of the way so that we could go have tea at Chato Tea Room uh, for Valentine's Whoa. Day. Yeah. So it was so good. I love their tea. I love their little finger sandwiches. But um, I couldn't... <laughs> okay, so we were sitting next... <laughs> <laughs> this um, <laughs> family, it was, I believe, oh um, a mother, a small girl, and then the the mother of the the daughter. Uh, the okay, there was three women, three generations. Okay, so a grandmother, a mother, and a daughter. <laughs> okay. uh, the daughter was probably about seven, six or seven. There is a sandwich on the menu called Balzac. So it is, it is their egg sandwich. They, they take an egg and they soak it in tea, in black tea, and then they make an egg egg. salad sandwich out of it. Oh my god. It's really good. Um, it's, (laughs) it's, it's really good and it's one of the choices that you can choose for your tea or when you have afternoon tea. But the lady next to me kept saying ball sack. (laughs) She was pronouncing an S instead of a Z. (laughs) And she's like, I don't know if I'm hungry enough for two ball sacks. (laughs) So here they are talking about their lunch and I am sitting next to them laughing my ass off and Eddie's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh my god, guys! That's kind of awesome, though. Balzac. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So she's like, "Oh, I like ball sacks." Yeah. She, that's what she was saying. Like, oh my god. <laughs> and I was like, and then she's like, "But I don't know if I'm tongue- hungry enough for two ball sacks." And, <laughs> and then, and then uh, she said something else too. But I was just laughing. Oh my god! Uh, so I had a very, <laughs> a very um. Uh, entertaining uh, Valentine's Day afternoon tea. That's cool. That's really <laughs> awesome. Did you guys have any other plans, or that was no? It? That was it because we knew we had to go to work. But we are thinking of maybe doing um, like a Valentine 2.0 at Disneyland on Sunday. Oh, exciting! Ooh, nice. Yeah, nice. Well, that's cool. 
What about, what about you, Jen? Well, I'm living the single life, so nothing romantic or anything. I just ate a lot of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. Um, um, I and I stole some of the heart shaped cookies Kristen brought in. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you brought in cookies? How yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, because um, um, usually um. um when they come in is when I get off of work, and I usually stick around for the book club. This time I didn't because I was sick, and I was just like sick, and on Valentine's Day, and I have to watch all these couples. Never mind, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I didn't even realize it was Valentine's Day until like I opened my Facebook, and there was like a uh, uh, just a myriad of pinks and reds and roses and glittery shit. And I'm just like, the fuck's going on? And then I realized it was Valentine's Day. Oh, I did say to everybody on my Facebook page, happy Valentine's Day, hoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, and I was like, oh, I get that. That's cute. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't do anything. I just worked. Pretty much. Yeah. It's not very exciting. After a while, it was never exciting for me. So, I love to give gifts and fun stuff on any little tiny holiday so and i on facebook every year people complain about valentine's day and it's a hallmark holiday and this and that but honestly i just think that you should approach the holiday or the day as um, an opportunity whether or not you think it's commercialized or not use it as an opportunity to tell people in your life that you love them regardless if you're in a romantic um relationship with them whether it's friends family or significant other um telling people that are in your life that you care about them and that they mean uh a lot to you i think is really important i did give my mom flowers i forgot that oh see that's nice (laughs) that's so cool yeah mountains day me and my brother gave my mom flowers because she really likes flowers yeah because she used to be a flower girl oh Um, uh uh, uh, whatchamacallit in um um Back in Guatemala, and uh-huh. like that, that, that's what she did. She sold flowers, oh, so okay. she always has a soft spot for them. So on Valentine's Day, we like to be extra and give her like huge bouquets. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So does she? Does she prefer what? What is her favorite flower? Her favorite flowers are actually um um lilies. Oh, uh-huh. Because that's the ones that she used to grow those. And that's what she sold. My grandmother had a black one in her backyard. (gasps) So gosh. Oh my gosh. And it was just, every time it would bloom, it was just so amazing. And I actually wanted calla lilies as, uh, black calla lilies as my, um, my wedding bouquet. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were out of season when, because I looked into it and it was going to be super expensive, like to fly them over from some other country. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I actually just had fake flower bouquet that my mom had made at Michael's, but, um, we got married on Halloween. So it was black and with black and purple flowers with like silver, like ribbon and stuff. Nice. I have it somewhere or my mom has it for me somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, that black calla lily makes me think of my grandmother all the time. Yeah, so that, those are my mom's favorite flowers. I mean, I like, I like, um, uh, I like orchids. Mm-hmm. Orchids are my favorite. Although, They're so hard to maintain, though. They are, which is why I don't grow them. <laughs> I, I've gotten many over the years of just, like, guest gifts mm-hmm. or thank yous or whatever. They never lasted more than, like, a month with me. Mm. Yeah, I, I had some that, um, the, uh, the leaves were green for, 
about four years, but they didn't bloom ever again. Mm-hmm. So I just got rid of them. But I should have kept them. I I, I think if I did enough research, I could have probably brought it back to like him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sarah, what did you do for Valentine's Day? You just yeah. you just pooed the pink and red on your Facebook. <laughs> Screw Valentine's Day. No, um, I actually was upset because um, I looked at my bank account. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. Always an upsetting thing. Yeah, it's a just depressing thing, but um mostly I was upset because there were some charges in from Nicaragua and Frank told me he wasn't going to use the the bank account. So, uh yeah, way to go husband uh, <laughs> on Valentine's oh. Day. Yeah, so um Damn. he spent it on the Sancha. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. No, he uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he Comandos y Camas just took a very interesting turn. <laughs> Get back to us if you want more cheese. Man. <laughs> um, this is our cheese. This is our cheese. I hadn't made it a point to look into the bank account. So what I did is um, I, I guess I logged in uh, on Valentine's Day and that was what I saw. I wasn't prepared to see so little amount. And then I, when I scrolled, mm-hmm. I noticed that mm-hmm. there were some charges from Nicaragua and I was like mm. I felt like Marge mm. <laughs> and so then when uh, Frank tried to contact me I was like yeah okay no you know and I he's like what's wrong and I'm like nothing uh, and he's like, <laughs> he's like can I call you no again he's like what are you doing I'm busy <laughs> so he knew something was wrong. He thought, well, I just wanted to let you know that, um, cause he was texting me. He, he hadn't called me yet. And he said, I just wanted to let you know that it's Valentine's Day and I'm thinking about you. And, um, even though we're not together and I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then, um, eventually he did call me and then I, I melted like butter in his arms. <laughs> And then I was happy again. And then he said, um, I'm just, you know, calling you just to say I love you. And I'm like, okay, great. And he said, uh, he was going to call me again at between six and seven. So I finished working and I work from home. So I basically I didn't leave my desk. I started just scrolling through our pictures from our Europe trip. So I was, you know, getting all in love again. Like I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm in love again. Let's do this again. I'm thinking, waiting for that phone call. And then now it's fucking nine. <gasps> no phone call. And I'm like, this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best cheese de la semana ever. Oh my god, you don't know how much. Oh my god, I'm living. <laughs> this is this is like the real the real <laughs> So I'm sitting there, and then my my brother comes home. My brother comes home from dropping off my nephew. His girlfriend comes home from work, and I'm still sitting at my desk. And they're like, um, "Are you still working?" And I said, "No, I'm just kind of stroll, you know, kind of getting rid of the bad pictures in our." in our album and I'm wait and I was waiting for Frank to call me. So around nine, ten o'clock he sends me a text and with the picture of him hanging out with his brother and his cousin having beers and I'm like I get it. Uh okay. uh-huh. And he's like, Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I didn't realize he had family over there. Oh, well yeah. that kinda makes me feel a little bit better that he, I always pictured him alone and sad, drinking beer by himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he has 
plenty of family over there. Oh, okay. Like, gotcha. Uh, yeah, his mom's there. Oh, wait. Daughter. Duh. You said Nicaragua. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not working right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. He's, he's having the time of his um, life while his woman is sitting at her desk at work waiting for a measly phone call on Valentine's Day. No, I'm not sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> Well, I think that this, uh, this is definitely, we could do a whole episode on (laughs) just the subject. Yeah, on just the subject. But we probably should get back to our, okay, now for the, to our comic book. Now for the real cheese Here's Kristen. No, that was the real cheese This is the comic cheese Some more cheese, man. <laughs> it's Kristen. Uh, so I actually, um, am super excited about this cheese, man, that we heard today on, um, Variety. Uh, Variety wrote an article on the Sabrina, the Teenage Witch series that we've talked about here nice. on, uh, Commodity Comics that got picked up. Well, didn't get picked up, but, um, well, I guess, yeah, got picked up by Netflix. It originally was going to be on CW as kind of like, a, a partner. Oh it was being developed for CW to be a partner series to Riverdale. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That would be so freaking awesome. <laughs> um, but I'm glad it didn't. Oh, uh, why? Because why? I think Netflix is going to oh. do, oh, okay. give it the, the, the give the it what it cuts. deserves. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, just Netflix, the, Stuff that they've been churning out when it comes to uh, comic book related material, I think, is just really awesome. And um, I think CW still does kind of like. I mean, when you say something is CW, quote unquote, you kind of know what you're getting, and you kind of roll your eyes. Come on, <laughs> let's be honest, just, just, just a, a little just bit, a just a tad bit. Just a little I mean, bit, but I don't get me it. wrong. I'm all about the CW. Oh no, I watch but, it too. Um, but this. Uh, if this uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is going to be more in the vein of Chilling Adventures, the book that we've um, yeah. reviewed here on the show, I definitely am happy then that it's going to be on Netflix. So they have announced today that um, the two two of the roles have been filled. Um, one is. Um, Mary Wardell, which is the character in the book who is Sabrina's, like, uh, teacher. I think she's her favorite teacher. I don't know if it was her English teacher. I can't remember. It was English or theater, but I'm, I want to say English Oh yeah, teacher. theater. I remember uh-huh. that. Cause she, she took, so she is the character who actually gets taken over, possessed by Madam Satan. That's right. Yes. That's right. So they cast Madam Satan today, um, by uh, announcing that Michelle Gomez is going to take that role. And um, I do not watch Doctor Who, but apparently she is um, best known for her role of Missy on Doctor Who. I don't know what uh, epi- what uh, seasons or anything like that, but um, I'm kind of excited that this is kind of rolling along. Um, even more exciting is in this, this might have been information that was already released and it might have just gone over, I, I missed it. But in this Variety article, they talked about um, that not only has it been picked up by Netflix, but it's a 20 episode two seasons that has been already committed Ooh. to. Freaking amazing. Yes. 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 Oh my God. 
So we already know we're getting two seasons. Yeah. So in my head, it's going to be tied to Riverdale. I want to believe that somewhere in like the Riverdale universe, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is happening, and all this <laughs> stuff is like going down. Well, you I've been hearing that there's kind of uh, more like supernatural stuff happening in Riverdale. I haven't gone back to try to watch it again, but yeah, um, I was gonna wait till it comes out on Netflix to stream it mm-hmm. and just watch the whole thing. Yeah, but you're you're right. But even if they bring in um, a cameo appearance from any one i think it would be like it, it it would it would be it would go up like a notch it would be great i think it would be great in sabrina there's um well we see the pussycats in riverdale but in uh in sabrina the pussycats are vampires they're vampires yeah, yeah. Mm. The pussycats um, are vampires. that was really cool i thought that was a and then i think there's like some um uh another book uh which is Jughead the Hunger, where Jughead is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is one coming After, out. Afterlife with Archie. Well, Afterlife with Archie, where zombies, um, the zombie apocalypse overtakes Riverdale. And then there's another one coming out that's Veronica, <laughs> which is uh, going to be a vampire, I think, I, I saw. I don't know about that one. I haven't read that one. But that sounds interesting. No, I ha- it hasn't come out yet. I saw it. I just saw a solicitation somewhere. But anyway, Aguera Sacasa is just doing amazing work with the Archie universe. Mm-hmm. And um, I am just so excited about uh, this Netflix stuff. And just to know that they're doing, that, that they're casting and then they're moving along is super exciting. So that's my cheeseman. Uh, they also, uh, they also cast Ambrose. Do you guys remember her cousin? Yeah, that's right. I like him. He was exiled from the, <laughs> the, the, the netherworld. Right. Uh, uh, came so, to live with them. Yeah, came to live yeah. with them and kind of started, uh, some, uh, some trouble here and there. <laughs> um, so yeah, he it has Causing been. A drama. Yes, so um, the actor, I guess, is a newcomer. Um, They didn't really say anything that he's been in, Um, but uh, it says that his name is Chance Perdomo. Hmm. So all these Latino names, yeah, Latino sounding. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, I don't know what their ethnicity is. I know that um, uh, that. Uh, the Gomez uh, woman that she is a, a British actress. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, uh, I recognized her when you showed me a picture. She, uh, she, yeah, she came out in Doctor Who. I think with the twelfth Doctor or was it the eleventh? No, the twelfth Doctor. And um, um and she, um, uh, played the Master, uh, the reincarnation of the Master, but this time uh, as a woman, because the Master had previously oh, been. Oh, I a remember man. this. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch it, but I remember this controversy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then um, uh, and so she, she is a reincarnation of the Master, and now, and uh, now I know. I think that was kind of like a precursor to then, um, uh, whoever makes Doctor Who being all like, oh, the BBC, yeah, being all like, okay, finally we're going to do it. The Doctor's going to be a woman now. Mm-hmm. So this Madam Satan role, though, I remember in the book, I mean, that was part, it, it was, the Madam Satan parts were the most creepiest freaking parts. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to this. And in the Variety article, it actually talks about how uh, this Sabrina um 
show is going to be uh, a horror cl- uh, uh, a horror TV show um, nice. made in the vein of horror classics like Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. Yeah, I can't wait. Of course, that would be really cool. <laughs> I don't think that's the appropriate music, but we'll go with it. <laughs> so, yes, that's my man. a little bit more chilling adventures of Sabrina. I, I think they're just ta- calling it Sabrina, but I'm not really sure. Um, but just based on what we've heard, uh, we it seems like that's the storyline, the one that we read in Volume 1 that they're starting with. Yes. Oh, this is very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, um, do you guys know who's cast as Sabrina? Or? Oh, yes. Actually, they did talk about who was cast. It was somebody that I did not, um, that I didn't recognize, mm-hmm. but, um, Kiernan Shipka is the actress who will play Sabrina. Um, I, I don't know the what she's done isn't in it before. Familiar, but I need to look at an image to see if I've seen her. I probably have, maybe. Do they know about? Uh, well, they they're just starting to cast it, so they ha- they don't even have like a finalized date on it, right? Like, no, uh, in the article there was no date. It's they did say 2018. Okay, good, 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 good. So that's that's all I know. Um, I'm just logging this into my. Uh, this little girl, I don't know what she she says. She's an American voice actress. Um, she's mm. best known for playing Sally Draper on AMC series Mad Men. I love her, guys. Oh my god. Oh my god. My mind just blew up. Oh, okay. I just hey. went, uh, yes, that's her. I love her. She's such a great actress. Um, I, I actually, speaking of Mad Men, I just streamed and finished watching all seven seasons uh-huh. of it. Um, so she was one of the characters I liked. Huh. Um, um, I, I found her eyes to be really haunting and beautiful. She looks like Melissa Joan Hart to me. A little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so she voiced Janora and I do recognize her. Oh, I that. saw that, so yeah. I don't, so I know her voice, I just never seen her before. Right, from so, Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar, the Legend of Korra. And The Legend of Korra, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, she's, yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, she, she has these really her. haunting eyes. Um, and she sort of yeah. has that like, I wouldn't say the whatever kind of attitude, uh, body language, and mostly well, like, my, like she's too cool for the room, kind of. <laughs> so it's definitely going to be completely different from the old season where it was like, um, slapsticky and yeah. you know, like me slapping. I know it was great though. But it I'm was. down for this too. Yeah, yeah. Give me. I mean, it had its time, but yeah, I'm I'm so excited. We, about we've this. all grown up. We need this. We need, <laughs> we this, need this. I want it. Yeah. Very exciting. Oh, what is the malted liquor? What gets you drunk or quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, Beer. but I'd rather chug it Beer. because my belly out to here. All right, guys, now it's time for our beer tasting segment. And uh, um, we would like to thank the sponsor of... I love that of, sound. I know, right? We would like to thank the sponsor of today's beer mm. tasting, and that's Compton Eric from the Mustache... Mustache... Cast, <laughs> mustache... Cash... Stash podcast. It smells good. Which they also record here, and they also do beer tasting. So uh, Kristen is pouring it out right now. Um, and in the spirit of uh, February the 14th, 
What is this beer called? This beer is called Always in Love. It's a hazy double IPA, and I'm. Uh, it's from the Green Cheek Beer Company, which is semi. Uh, it's LA adjacent uh, <laughs> in Orange, California. Um, but I want to read the little um, poem on it. It says, "Green Cheek is for lovers." No, really, it is. If you're in love with love and lousy poetry, this one is for you. Don't worry. If your heart is full of holes, this hazy double IPA will fill you right up. Keep it cold, and pretty soon you'll be bragging, I'm always in love. And then it's followed up with, drink while smiling. Oh, that's so cute. I love it. So it doesn't really say a lot uh, or anything about what is in the beer. So um, I don't know, um, other than the fact that it's a hazy double IPA. So I, we, I know I uh, like double IPAs. And then I don't even see, oh, it's an 8.0. Um, yeah, when I was looking online for more information on this, um, this one was a, a, a limited can release, but they do have this on oh, tap. It smells so good. They have this on tap, and um, they, like uh, Kristen said, it's uh, L.A. adjacent. The address is 2294 North Natavia Street, Suite C, as in cat, in orange, 92865. And uh, it's called Green Cheek Beer Company. So um, they, it looks like they're, they're a happy folk. So um, <laughs> let's, let's give it a taste. The artwork on the can is super cute, too. It is cute. So on uh, the website, it also just has the little poem. So yeah. It doesn't really have a, any explanation of what kind, what's in the beer or the hops that were used or anything. So all I know is it's delicious and it smells pretty damn good. It smells very. The bouquet of this yeah. beer it made my mouth water as I started pouring it. It's it's really good. I like it. Um, it smells very citrusy. Yeah, definitely can taste the citrus in it. I can smell the rose petals. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm all really. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Delicious. That is so good. It's a double IPA, but it's so freaking smooth. It is. It is. It's and it, I can taste at the end, like, it's like a citrusy, I, I kind of taste like pineapple, kind of, mm-hmm. at the end. I don't know, but it's delicious. I can definitely taste the citrus and. Oh my gosh. My taste buds might be a little bit, um, uh, because I am yeah, sick. Yeah, you're sick. But it is, it's, have you ever smelled like a bouquet of roses? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a little bit how it is without it being too flowery. Mm-hmm. And the taste is... It's so good. I don't know if you guys have ever tried um, uh, candied rose petals. No. No. Mm-hmm. It tastes a little bit like that. Interesting. And so there's this kind of like this, just this it, little bit of bitterness that's really, really that goes really well but i am i don't i don't there is a little bit of sweetness it. which yeah. is not what you expect when you're mm-hmm. drinking an ipa let alone a double ipa mm-hmm. but yeah there's just a hint of sweetness yeah. and i do like the that. fact that this is on tap somewhere like i want to get in my car and drive to that place right now yeah i wonder how far it is but um, <laughs> orange yeah. isn't i mean not it's too not far. far not, not i mean we're far. in the south bay or it's not too far <laughs> it it's worth a drive <laughs> worth a drive it definitely is. Mm. Mm, the smell is delicious. 
yeah, there's, it's a sweetness that I, like I said, to me, it tastes like pineapple, kind of. Citrusy pineapple. Yeah, I'm gonna stick by the candied rose petals. <laughs> I don't know, maybe somebody has ate them, but I've, uh, where did I eat them? I ate them. I've I heard think, of them. I've yeah. never had them, though. I think I ate them at a French restaurant I was at, mm. somewhere in Westwood. Fancy. <laughs> Your girl's gotta treat herself. <laughs> uh, so, I, if we're ready to, to, um, to rate our beer, I am going all the way with Rigid with this thing. I really like it that much. This, to me, is a, it's an 8.0, so it is a little bit on the higher end of alcohol by volume, but if you're at home, I mean, it, it, the beer is called Always in Love. So if you're at home with your honey and, <laughs> and you're and you're um wanting a a sexy romantic night um in, definitely pop this baby open. Um unfortunately, when we get the ones that are um limited releases in cans, we can't really say oh go buy it. Um but the fact that it's in it's on tap definitely uh you have a place that you can go to to drink it i mean i'm pretty sure they released it for february so there might still be some yeah floating around somewhere. where did he get it at, at an at, exchange or no at at the place oh at the place mm-hmm. oh, okay oh, yeah. nice, nice nice okay i just for that would want to drive over there to see if they have any left so i could buy some it looks like it's we're gonna so plan good a road trip <laughs> I, I i really like it too um I'm gonna have to say that this is a really fresh taste. Mm-hmm. Like really fresh. Um, um, it's I, I don't know how to explain it. It's um with the amount of different breweries that there are in existence. To me, I feel like it's so hard to stand out, and especially with an IPA. An I, mm-hmm. IPA is like some a lot of breweries. Um, kind of make those their signature beers and so when you drink so many you tend to just taste ones that taste the same over and over again and this one definitely stands out everything you're saying sarah i completely agree it stands out and it's fresh and i love it yeah i have to agree with you it definitely stands out um this is something that um, i actually started following them on instagram because i was so um so excited um to try this beer and um, now, and then I read that it was on tap and I was like, well, that's going to be great. And I actually, my, uh, and is there a hotel nearby? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. And, um, holiday. Um, my brother, gave, uh, Compton Eric gave us two cans. So, um, he said one you can enjoy with, uh, with your husband when he comes back. So. I'm excited. Maybe. Sorry, Frank. There ain't gonna be no beer. With you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, but this is, this has got me feeling all warm and fuzzy in the right places. So, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full on this. Um, no, you know what? I'm gonna go rigid. I mean, it really stands alone. It's fresh. It's different. There's, uh, hint and flavors that are just. When something's rigid, it does stand alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I am. Well, I really like it. It's got a crisp taste to it Mm -hmm, uh, for an IPA, and it's uh, it's really good. I really wish I could like taste 
like a, more of it. Oh, because you're sick. Because I am mm -hmm. sick, so that does dull it a little bit. And because of that, I'm gonna give it a full, but I really do like it. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's, um, um, I think it's it something would... that I would love to share with somebody. I think it would be worth it to find other things that are happening around there. So mm -hmm. go and have some on yeah. tap, do something else. And then... I'm always looking for breweries in the area too. And um, like I said, Orange County is not that far. So um, I think a nice little afternoon trip somewhere just to, um, do you know, um, was there food there too? I didn't ask about mm. that, but um, I love it when there's a, a brewery that, that has food. Has food. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know what right now Phantom Carriage is uh, pairing uh, a beer with a uh, dessert. Yes, I saw that, Ooh. and I'm just like, I oh. saw that for Valentine's Day. I and, saw. Yeah, right. I'm like, wow. If all breweries did that, they would get like a bigger, I think, female population as well because we love the desserts so phantom carriage uh is a brewery that is here in the south bay um where we are all at not too far from where, where we're actually recording and even if you don't go to get the uh dessert pairing their food is amazing mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, it's not yep. it's not quote unquote bar food mm -hmm. i mean it is bar food where as you know they have the the nachos and the burgers or you know whatever it was that they had the sausages. Yeah, the, they had <laughs> they had um pretzels but it is like the quality is just so, so good. It, good and everything is just delicious so mm -hmm. if you ever do have opportunity in Los Angeles to go to Phantom Carriage. And they actually are celebrating their three-year anniversary in March, I believe. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, and their aesthetic is on point. Yes. So I'm all about Phantom it's Carriage. It's a goth, <laughs> a, a goth yeah. setup, and there's like um, horror old horror stuff. films yeah. playing in the background. background yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It's dark and mysterious. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can You can just, you know, just blend into a corner. You know, when... I was there with you girls. We were there in the middle of the day. I'd really like to see like what what the scene is there at night when people are there drinking and partying and having a good time. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <clears throat> um, I, like I said, it's really good. It's standing out alone. It's really great. Um, I'm I'm really happy with this. Uh, it's definitely rigid for me, and it's a rigid for Kristen, and it's a full for Jen. So um, check it out, guys. And like we said, it's on tap. So uh, head on over there. You will not regret it. Most definitely not. All right, guys, we are ready for our book review. Jen, what's in store for us today? So today we are going to be reviewing Ultimate Comics Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis, Yay. Sarah Pacelli, featuring the breakout hero, Miles Morales as yes. Spider-Man. And I am hype! <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know if it's come across off in other episodes or not, but I love Miles Morales. He is my adopted comic son. He, I will, I, I would, I would, I would die for Miles Morales because he is so pure and I love him. Oh, I love, I love him too. For the longest time, I was trying to um, get into uh, Spider-Man books, and there were so many freaking Spider-Man oh, books. Yes. Oh my gosh, most of them were Peter Parker. There's the one Ben Riley that no one wants to talk about, <laughs> and and then there is Miles. Miles was my Spider-Man. 
I loved all of the Miles Morales books that I read. Um, and not until Chip Zdarsky's, um, Superior Spider-Man came out did I, um, was it Superior? Not Superior. Um, Peter Parker's Spectacular. Spectacular. That I know was an S word, an S uh, adjective. (laughs) Spectacular. Um, it was, not until I started reading that did I actually start to um, enjoy Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, I just love Miles, and I, but I had never read this. I had, I've never read his origin. Yeah. So, oh, I saw when um, Sarah was like, "It's February is Black History Month. We should do, um, you know, we should talk about some uh, some books uh, of, of, of black creators or black characters." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, Miles is Afro Latino, mm-hmm. so uh, yes. that was perfect." Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. I, it was, it was important, I think, for me to highlight, uh, Afro Latinos or African American creators or, uh, writers, um, because it's Black History Month and, um, we know that, uh, we, we gotta give love to our African American brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I, it had been so long since I read this, uh, book. That rereading it, it just made me fall in love with Miles all over again as a superhero and just where he was coming from and everything. And it's it's such a great book. Miles himself, he one of the things that I think makes him stand out from Peter Parker and also all the Spider People that we've met throughout the years is just how young he is. He was even younger than. Peter Parker when he was a bit, he was in grade school, mm-hmm. which is basically, he was in elementary school. So he got bit when he was like 10, 11 years mm-hmm. old. And he didn't do anything for like a cool year or so after he was bit. But it was only in the Ultimates universe where um, um Peter Parker, who himself had been bitten also earlier, so it was about him mostly being in his high school years and trying to be a superhero. And, um, uh, and spoiler alert in ultimate <laughs> in, ulti- in the ultimate universe peter parker dies because he took a bullet for captain america um uh, and um and so miles hears about this and he still he still hasn't really taken up the mantle he he knows he has pe- these powers now and that he has something similar to peter parker but it isn't through until about halfway through the book that um, uh, Miles decides after he sees Peter Parker die that he's just like, okay, I'm going to do something with these powers. Mm-hmm. I was, I got these powers for a reason, and I'm not gonna be a coward. And I'm just like, as I was reading it, I was just like, you're 11. I know. It's, you're like, you're 11. Yeah. You're like, he's this... like my nephew's age. Yeah. Which when is you, so cool. When you think about it, when you think in relation to to it, like he's he's just in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. He can't. It's not, it's literally not his job to do that. Right. And I think the fact that he decides he takes the, <coughs> he takes the PM to like, I'm, I'm going to do this, I think makes him, that's what makes him a hero. And I've, I've had arguments with, um, uh, with some people, <laughs> mostly at Jeffries, uh-huh. um, uh, who are all, they're very, they're very fond of Peter Parker mm-hmm. and they don't understand why Miles needs to exist. Um, one of them, what one of them says was just like, with great power comes no personality. Oh, <gasps> wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's um, harsh. <laughs> you fight Jen and then you fight me. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's no longer working. Really, so I'm guessing, you know who it is, Kristen. <laughs> um, um, uh, 
And so what I was getting into arguments over just like that, like, I'm sorry, and, and what's Peter Parker's personality? It's just like, like, what does, what does that mean? Do you mean he, he's not a well-developed character? Because I can, he is. He's a very well-developed character. Yeah. And I, I may have my, some issues with Bendis and how he chooses to portray stuff, but he can write teenagers and he can write them very well. Mm-hmm. And so the, him saying that Miles doesn't have a personality, I'm just like, bitch, where? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I have, I also own the first issue of, um, uh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man. It took me a while to hunt down. Um, um, but in the back matter of that issue number one, Pendis is, um, uh, addressing some comics fans that he got emails and letters and stuff from. And a lot of them were, um, very upset with him. For one, not only killing off Peter Parker, but then they were saying, like, why do we need a black Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. And in many of the responses, Brian Michael Ben said, why not? Yeah. And that, honestly, that's the legit truth. Right. Why, why not? not? Mm-hmm. Why not? And it's just like, first of all, Ultimate Comics Peter Parker is a side character. Like, he's the, yeah, he's the main character in his own title, but he still takes second place mm-hmm. to actual Peter Parker in, you know, the 616 universe. Right, He's yeah. like, uh, no matter how you cut it, like, he's, he, he's not, he's not overly important. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in the Ultimate Comics universe he was, and like, yeah, like, I have read some of the Ultimate Comics Peter Parker stuff, and it's really good, but I'm glad he went in that direction he, that he gave us Miles because I don't care what other people say I think felt Miles was needed um, um, and and why do you need a black uh, Spider-Man because uh, Brooklyn hello uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god it's almost as if black people exist in right. New York wow. Right, exactly. <laughs> wow what wow I mean it just uh, every time I think about it I think about uh, that movie Brooklyn where uh, Spike Lee was like y- you call the movie Brooklyn but there's no black people in it I don't get it <laughs> like oh it's, it's 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 uh, um yeah why the heck not um I, I i i enjoyed this book great i actually i'm not gonna lie i teared up a couple of times during <laughs> this book um i really did not expect that at all but i think it hit uh some some points uh some um oh oh my gosh <laughs> and also the fact that we see Gonke from the beginning yes oh my god okay. he is my favorite sidekick oh absolutely I, <laughs> I, okay. and I, I'm gonna while I was rereading it I got so much more bitter towards the Spider-Man Homecoming movie oh and yes I, I can was, agree with that it made, me, that it made me so upset yes. yes because I was just like literally it would not it would not have taken that much to replace Peter Parker. And I do love the, the Peter Parker that they did. He was amazing. Yeah. He was cute. He was, he was a hero and everything. Uh, but like, oh my god, you gave Miles a storyline. Yeah. To Peter Parker. Right. That's Miles' story. Mm-hmm. And they took it away from him and. I don't think we're ever gonna get a Miles storyline. But they're movie. doing they're doing the animated. Um, yes, film. they are. Yeah. yeah, that's right. There's there's an animated film, and I'm excited for that one too. But it's just like it's it it just burns that they had this storyline. I know where they got every single bit of a bit of inspiration for that movie, and they got it from Ultimate Comics. Yeah. Um. Uh. Spider-Man Miles and. 
they decided not to go with Miles. Even though we now have six Peter Parker movies. <laughs> six! Right? Six of them. <laughs> six of them. <laughs> you'd think that you'd think they get tired of killing off Uncle Ben, but nope. Let's, uh, let's keep killing off Uncle Ben. Well, right? so there was hope. Um, there was definitely hope in, um, for a Miles Morales at some point because, uh, in the in the movie, his uncle is yeah. the is the guy in the parking garage that yes. that um uh is it Peter Parker goes and and yeah. confronts him or something mm-hmm. I can't remember but that's that's Miles' uncle right uh-huh. right right and so there was a lot of uh like speculation, oh, speculation and hope that okay does this is, introducing the uncle is like a, a little bit of uh like foot in the door for possibly a Miles yeah. character to even, come in in the movie his dama who was the actor who played him? Um, his name, his it's, last name is Glover. Donald Glover. Yes, I um, love he, that man. By he the says, way. Oh, so he sexy. says something like, "Yeah, I have a, I have a little nephew here and stuff like that." And I'm just like, "Okay, cool, that's it." You know, like, uh, Spy- uh Iron Man was 2008. We're now in 2018. Is it Donald? Yeah, yes, I think something it is. like that. It okay, is and we're now 2018. When did that movie come out? 20. 20- Early 2017, 2016. Uh, uh, it's been already. Oh my gosh, yeah. I feel uh, like I just saw it last weekend. Yeah, yeah. the uncle—he's uh, <laughs> uh, referred to as the Prowler. The Prowler. Okay. Yeah, as kind yes. of a name. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so what? I'm gonna get a Miles movie in 15 years. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know that sucks, dude. Uh, but uh, it's just, yeah. It's not fair. This it's, is a really great story and uh really great cre- characters. I mean, like you said, Ganke, um, the Prowler. I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel for him. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everything about the story from the, I think, and I think that's why it's the same situation why I really like Robbie Reyes. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's again why I really like Miles is that I can see this character. I can see his parents. I can see his relatives. His situation is yes. very, very real. Yeah. Because the book opens up that Miles is uh, going to a raffle uh-huh. to or a lottery, lottery. Mm-hmm. to see if he can get admission admission into a very prestigious t- charter school. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I was just absolutely reminded of how I went through a lot of effort to get my little sister into a magnet school. Mm-hmm. And I was praying so much every week until we got the acceptance letter that she was uh, she was going to be in that I could breathe a sigh of relief because I did not want her to go to the school that I did, to the school that my brother did, and to any of the other nearby schools that other kids went or that some of my friends went to and they've all told me like horrible stories of. And oh, I yeah. just remember my high school experience and oh, I'm yeah. just like... No, your girl, your girl's gonna do her best to get her little sister into a good school. And Mm -hmm. we succeeded. And just seeing that and then seeing, and Miles does too, but like in the art and in the background, you can see all these other kids crying that they could not get in. And And he, and he actually also mentions that. He's like, but why me? Why me? Because if it's me, then that means it's not somebody Somebody else. else. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you see that he, he has this like, this, awareness yeah uh-huh. social awareness uh already mm-hmm. 
And I really like uh, the panels in this specific scene that you guys are referring to, um, because uh, once Miles's name, which is the last name called mm-hmm. um, in this lottery, um, you see in uh, you see actually no um, dialogue bu- bubbles. You just see other students' profile, and they're tearing up, and they they have like a sad look on their face, and mm-hmm. I thought, man, that's. That's really it, it, one of the girls is like actually holding onto her backpack yeah. and crying, and it's um it's crazy. I mean, you're happy for him, but at the same time, you realize that there's so many other kids that are not going to get the opportunity to go to a better school. Have either of you ever seen the documentary Waiting for Superman? I haven't yet. No. No. Okay, so uh, Waiting for Superman um, actually has nothing to do with <laughs> Superman, <laughs> but it's actually a documentary about charter schools and about the public school system and how, um, people, how people that live in neighborhoods who, where there's not enough money filtering into the public school systems, uh, try to, um, try to grasp onto any little hope that they can for a good, uh, opportunity of a good education for their children and they enter into these lotteries all over the place and it's like freaking I don't know that this is the right um, percentage or numbers that I'm giving but let's just say for example there's like 1,000 kids who are vying for like 25 spots yeah exactly and and, um, so this documentary actually followed the story um, of uh, a handful of of kids who were trying to get into uh, a particular charter school and this that scene reminded me of that and it reminded me of how very real that this situation is to a lot of uh, families oh absolutely I mean um, I mean uh, not too long ago for my cousins they've already graduated from Bryn Mawr, uh, both of the sisters did, but there was a time where we didn't want them to go to the um, to the school district um, here in Compton, because this is where we live, mm-hmm. and um, because they're really bright girls, and we actually found a, um, a new charter school for them to go to, which was at an old church, mm. um, mm-hmm. but it turned out to be so amazing, because they they were inspired to go on to college and they went on to private college, Bryn Mawr. And I mean, they went on to live like a, a life that I don't think would have been a possibility mm-hmm. had they stayed in the LA Unified School District. Mm-hmm. And because of their success and because of their inspiration, I actually went ahead and tried to do that for my little brother, um, which uh, he's right now in, also in a charter school. Mm-hmm. He's uh, an animal, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> But it's a it's a hard reality for uh, us uh, uh, middle middle class or lower middle class yeah. or just yeah. lower class where we don't have uh, the ability to to go to a nice school district right. and, and have all these wonderful uh, after school activities or field trips or anything like that or anything that can inspire uh, students to be more aware about going to school and moving on to college. So um, this was uh, like like Jen said, like. Kristen said, "This really, these scenes really hit close to home." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed this book. Um, I, I really like the development of uh, of you know we get to see actually how he becomes Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was really good. You could see the dynamic between um, his uncle, where he tries to branch out and have a relationship with his uncle, but his father has re- forbidden him from yeah. seeing him, mm-hmm. and uh, because obviously he's a bad influence, he's. He's a prowler. He's made bad choices in his life, but that doesn't that doesn't um, 
hinder the fact that he he loves his family. Mm-hmm. So um, you you get to see that dynamic and so forth. And I actually have a lot of questions for you guys off the air because <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> but I'm really interested in some of it, uh, Miles's uh, superpowers. Yeah, actually, oh. uh, I was telling Jen that after I read this, that I had been reading Miles Morales books, and it never dawned on me um, that he had some of the uh, the powers that he had until I read this book. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. I didn't realize uh-huh. that because he has the powers of the special, the particular spider that bit him has um, like the ability to do certain things that not the same uh, way that uh, the the spider powers manifested in a different way with Miles than they did in Peter. In Peter, yeah. And I'm assuming Spider-Woman as well, because Spider-Woman makes a cameo appearance in this book, okay. too. Oh, yeah, and I explained that to, in, um, uh, to Kristen as well. So not only, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm pretty sure we're reviewing the books. So <laughs> it's been out for a while. <laughs> it's been out for, for for a while, but um, um, one of the one of the powers that he has is something called the venom sting or venom bite. Um, uh, but he can shock and zap people and yeah. kind of like stun them, mm. and um, um, and it hurts. And I think he can control the intensity that he does it, so he can make it really hurt. Not in this book itself, but. That is one of his powers. Another power that he has is that he can go invisible. He can blend in. Yeah, he has camouflage. Mm-hmm. That's the one that caught me by surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. yeah. So he has uh, he has some of the same uh, abilities as Peter, like um, superhuman strength, speed, agility, ability to cling to most surfaces. He has Spidey sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you there's an actual panel in the book where he's like, um, I. Like there's that feeling again right I mean, before he gets like head, yeah, yeah. right before he gets kicked in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then but uh also with him he doesn't he's going to I think um does it show it in this book the web shooters? Not in uh, this no, not book. Yet. Oh, okay. The web yeah. shooters themselves uh and this is something in uh, the web shooters themselves were made by Peter Parker, exactly. both in the 616 and in the Ultimates universe. Yeah. Yes. So, um, he can't shoot them out, but, um, the, the web spinners were made by Peter Parker. Later on in the series itself, um, uh, Aunt May and Gwen Stacy hear about, uh, cause Gwen Stacy's alive in the Ultimates universe. Yeah. Um, she actually about- makes a cameo appearance in this book. Yeah, she does. She gives the with great power, uh, comes great responsibility speech to him. Uh huh. And um, um, and so they hear about that there's a new Spider-Man, and um, understandably they're a little bit upset. Yeah. But they go themselves to see who this is, and they are impressed with Miles, and then they're like, "Okay, you're a good successor to the throne, or whatever." And they give <laughs> that just like I want to cry right now. <laughs> yeah. Aww. <laughs> and so Aunt May gives um, uh, Peter's web shooters to Miles. Oh. So, okay. Aww. Which which. Universe is Gwen Stacy, uh, 
Gwen, Gwen, Gwen Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen? <laughs> yeah. She is in a different universe. I believe it's like 2149 or something oh, like that. It's a long All these numbers. numbers confuse me, especially when you have crossover books and uh, books like uh, Web Warriors and all kinds of stuff. Like, I know 616 is the main universe and all the other ones. And I knew Ultimates. I just don't know what Ultimates the number has is. Ultimates its own number as well, yeah. but it's just known as the Ultimates. Right. And technically, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is another universe that is also can- right. canon in the comics yes. itself as yeah. well. Um, and it has a number like nine. Like fifty. Oh, MCU has a number. Yeah, MCU has a number. Interesting. Uh, they all they all have numbers. It's, it gets very confusing. Very it fast, does. But Spider Gwen is from another universe. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, spoiler alert: her and Miles hook up. But this is later. <laughs> this, is a lot. this is a lot later. Miles has been on quite a journey. I didn't really like that, honestly. When it was happening, I wanted him to be with Ms. Marvel. I did too. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> mood, big mood. Wow. It was. They were so cute. Cause she, ha- he had such a crush on her. It was he so did. cute. It was so cute. And then you could kind of see that she was like, "Oh, you're kind of cute too." And I was just like, "Oh." My but god. I always, I always saw her as just a little bit older than him so then she was kind of like oh this little kid like yeah you're cute but like you know you're just a little kid yeah uh i don't know what their actual age difference was if there was one it's like a year or two. but um but yeah the way that she, the way that she carried herself and because she was in champion she was the leader of the group and everyone kind of like looked up to her mm-hmm. so i guess that maybe that's why mm-hmm. exactly so if you want to see, if you want to read a book Cyclops who? <laughs> if you want to read a book where Ms. Marvel and Miles are in it together with some of the other younger uh superheroes like Nova um also um uh Visions baby, baby Cyclops um, <laughs> Yes, young young Cyclops and um Vision's daughter, what's her name? Vivian? Vivian, yes. Yeah. Um Vivian. and also um uh, totally awesome. Totally Hulk. awesome Hulk. Um, Chow, Cho, Amadeus Cho. They all, um, band together to form the champions, and I highly recommend it. Mark Wade, um, writes it, and, uh, I don't think it's still going, though. I think that af- after Secret Wars, or not Secret Wars, no. Secret Empire ended, they, everyone kind of went their own way, but I highly, highly recommend Champions. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's really good. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at the book and, and I was just like, but um, uh, Spider Woman. I, I was gonna address something that you said. Um, uh, Spider Woman has the uh, even she I noticed has a different uh set of powers than Miles and Peter Parker. Yeah, she is actually um, this Spider Woman is a clone of Peter Parker, a w- female clone. Wow. Yeah. So the Ultimates comics had their own clone Clone Wars. Clone Wars, I guess. <laughs> that's I think that's technically Star Clo- Wars. Clone conspiracy. clone conspiracy. There's so many clone things clone that happen clones. around Spider Man. It's like silly. It's silly. I guess everybody wants peace part Peter Parker. <laughs> and um, um and so uh Spider Woman is is she's a clone of um uh, of Peter Parker. And I think her name is Jessica, uh, as well as Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, uh, she she actually confronts Miles about you know because Miles is wearing 
Peter's. Yes. Okay. Oh, that that part. Like that, that, yes. <laughs> that, that storyline where, uh, Ganke basically brings, does Ganke bring it home or he brings it home? Ganke brings it home. Okay. Yeah. Cause he actually used it for, uh, oh, it was yeah. his <laughs> Halloween costume <laughs> from the year before. Yeah. That's right. And he, so he gives him his Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man Halloween costume. It was like, hey, you know, you, you since you're want to be Spider-Man, you know, here's a costume. You have to have a costume. So Miles is literally running around New York in in a quote unquote <laughs> Peter Parker costume, which is a Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. And it catches the attention of a lot of people. Well, yeah. the ongoing joke is, uh, it's, it's in bad taste. Yeah, it's in it's bad, bad taste. taste. Yeah. Like actually when Ganke gave it to him he was like i don't know about this i think this is in bad taste yeah and he's like no no you got to protect your identity so then he puts it on and then it, wh- whichever person he encounters like uh that's in bad taste <laughs> <laughs> but at first i mean at first they're saying oh i thought he was dead i mean because yeah, everybody knows yeah. that he died and uh so uh everybody's kind of taken aback they're like who is this guy but he has powers mm-hmm. and uh, it's in bad taste so. one thing with gonke that i realized was um a char- it's a character flaw of his is that he um cannot keep his mouth shut. No, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> he truly cannot. Because when they're when they're um third roommate comes in the first thing he ta- he says is oh do you have superpowers too uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and in miles morales in spider-man miles morales spider-man book um there was a storyline where um miles also um i mean not miles gonke uh kind of Spills, spills the, beans. the beans to multiple people. And, uh, Miles gets super, super upset because it puts him in a really difficult position. So, um, yeah, so I, I see that, that, that goes as far back as this, uh, origin since, story. Yeah, since, the, <laughs> since the inception of yeah. Spider-Man, Miles Morales. So, we do talk th- about the fact that Miles is Afro-Latino, um, so I think it's worth it for us to mention that, uh, his mother is the, is Latina. Mm-hmm. She's, um, Puerto Rican. She's Puerto Rican. There's, like, different stories online that I just think people got it wrong, but, um, it, she's Puerto Rican. Some people were saying she's Cuban, and Jen's like, it's not, it's not Florida. <laughs> 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 oh, you I mean, think about- it makes sense for her to be, born. and I've and I think I've I've also just seen Puerto Rican in multiple places. But the one thing that I'm super disappointed in is even though we know that he's Afro Latino, his um his ethnicity is not other than the fact that his skin color is black we don't really see a lot of like cultural stuff going on Mm -hmm. like i wanted it to be more apparent Uh, i wanted to see more latino uh was it latinidad (laughs) um like even if it was just like pandusa on the on the Uh, on the table in the morning for breakfast or something you know (laughs) and we don't really get that until later on Mm -hmm. in the spider spider-man solo title Uh uh-huh um uh title of Miles' story, so it's, and I believe we get a bit of it, not only that one, but a bit of it, it's been a while, I believe there's like five volumes Mm -hmm. of the Ultimate Spider-Man line, and then they reinterpret it to Ultimate 
Ultimate Smiles Morales. Yeah. And then they... And then goes Spider-Man. And then it goes Spider-Man. Just Spider-Man. And, Spider-Man. uh, yes, in... Sp- I haven't... I didn't read any Ultimates other than this. Um, the only Spider-Man that I've read is... Uh, uh the only Miles Spider-Man I read is just the title Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that book, yes, um, you get a lot more of it. And I don't know if it's just that, um, people critiqued the writer or what it was, mm-hmm. but the mom, um, often uses a lot of Spanish words. Mm-hmm. Um, the grandmother comes in to play yeah. and you see it a, a lot of, um, more with her too. So, um, and just culturally, um, the, the dynamic between Miles's mom and, and his grandmother too. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I I wanted to and was hoping to see more of that in this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, this book is more focused on like his origin and stuff like that, and it will, that would have been really cool. But it's Bendis, so. <laughs> yeah. I and mean, I, I mean, like Bendis; he's and, cool. And there was like, only what like uh, three or four panels with the mom and the dad, and yeah. we see more of the dad when um, when he his dad is expressing. Um, Disapproval about um, him uh, hanging out with his uncle. N- well, not only mm-hmm. that, but uh, talking about because I think there was some commotion going on, and he said, "I don't know why the um, the mutants and all these freaks yeah. just leave us alone." And so, yeah, Miles, because you see, I, I, in that panel in that scene, I think you see where Miles is just about to to like just let it all spill, and then his dad um, makes that statement and so Miles kind of just like takes it all back and he's like okay I can't trust I can't, I can't tell trust. him because my dad yeah. doesn't like mutants he's gonna not like me or yeah. you know like I just rather not tell him yeah. you know and yeah. and I get that I mean I, I know that um, that's kind of the way he's thinking because he's so young I mean mm-hmm. I feel like if he was a little older and he could just explain it to his dad mm-hmm. and oh. uh, it should be okay um well, I don't want to spoil anything. But <laughs> yeah, yeah there's to- a lot of information um, uh, that you don't know in this book, but that comes out at some point of why he, his dad might have that negative um, mm. attitude towards yeah. them. Also, if you really want to cry, read volume four. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> I don't know if I want to cry right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like you were saying, uh, because of his antics all around, um, New York City, and there was like also, uh, the Daily Bugle he mentions, uh, is not being very kind to him. Yeah. He's saying mm-hmm. that, uh, copycat Spider-Man is running amok in yeah. New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, like, he, he catches the attention of, uh, of, um, a certain people. Do we want to say who? <laughs> Go ahead. Go so ahead. he catches the attention of Spider-Woman, who is in cahoots with, um, uh, Iron Man and, uh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. And we get the Nick Fury that we've seen in the films. Yes. Uh-huh. So we get a, a Samuel Jackson Nick yes. Fury. So that's really cool yeah. too. It's um, very cool. Um, so, um, I was concerned because, uh, you know, Nick, Nick Fury, um, kind of gives them the nod of approval to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was concerned because he's, he's so young. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of the thing is that that they mentioned in the book that he wasn't going to get a chance until he kind of proved himself without meaning to um um by taking down one of the supervillains and um uh, and so Nick Fury j- gives him an outfit uh like a new fitted outfit and he's just like, and Spider-Woman tells him you get one chance because when you think about it, like, Peter was a kid, too, and all he's a kid, like, what are you going to do to stop him? Are you going to put him on lockdown? He's just a kid. Yeah. 
You can't. You can't. If a kid wants to do something, you the only way to stop them is to put them on lockdown. <laughs> and even then, he'll just climb out the window. <laughs> <You'll> just, <laughs> they'll just climb out the window and go party with their friends. <laughs> speaking, 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 speaking from experience. <laughs> Both in that I had to sneak out a window, and I caught my little sister sneaking out a window. <laughs> <laughs> I used to sneak my boyfriend in the window. <laughs> wow. I didn't do any of that. My parents were, like, real detectives. Like, they could spot anybody who ate McDonald's that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like, like, little things like a napkin or a piece of fry. I mean, they were just like that. Or they would, like, say, so you know what you did today? You should just confess because oh it'll be good. Well, she's using psychological yes, warfare exactly. on you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, the thing is, they just were fishing for right. information, yeah. and then I would, I would volunteer. I swear, them. until I was like at least twelve years old, I legit thought my mom had eyes in the back of her head. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, yeah, I didn't do any of that. I was just like, I'm just going to wait. I think the first time I snuck around, I knew my mom couldn't know everything, so. Yeah, by the time I was sneaking boyfriends in the window, I was past 12. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, even then, they were just like, they ruled with an iron fist. Yeah. So I was like, the one time I tried to sneak out, um, I unfortunately left footprints on the mud in front of my... <laughs> so, after that, it was all over. Oh, that's yeah, funny. It was bad. Oh my my dad, even like in the morning, like when he left for work, um, he made it a point to uh, hit the uh, the screen uh, because I had left it ajar. He <laughs> hit it. Uh, <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, that's not cool. Oh, <laughs> not doing this again. But anyway, I digress. Um, so uh, are, do you guys want to... Um, emphasize anything else on this book because I just loved it. I love the dynamic between Ganke and uh, Miles. It's super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the the emotion he's feeling of um, feeling torn between telling his dad because his dad feels so strongly against uh, mutants or people with special powers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really like this book. Are you guys ready to rate it? Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with three conchas. Mm-hmm. Um, go with three conchas. Um because I want to see more. Yeah. I think we just had a taste of where it's coming from. And I really liked it. And like I said, I broke out into a little bit of, of tears. <laughs> I mean, when they showed the death of Peter Parker, I thought that was... It was really brief, but I felt like because I've been so... That's the only Spider-Man I've known. I felt like really emotional about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really torn about how young he is and... Um, and his uh, dilemmas with school and his family and where he's coming from. So I'm gonna give it three conchas, and I and I really would like to see what else is gonna happen with this character. And like you said, this has been out for a while, so I'm able I'll be able to catch up. Yeah, <laughs> you made a good point too with you were saying with his dilemma with school, and that's one thing that you see a um consistently in the storylines of a lot of the young superheroes because you at the end of the day we forget that they're teenagers and they're in high school mm-hmm. they're doing all this stuff flying around. i mean there's a a lot of storylines of where miles has just been out all night doing stuff and then is asleep the next day uh, in school because he's tired because he's just been doing and it's that's with a lot of other of the champions too um so i think that 
that kind of like development of like just who it's like a coming of age story, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like those kinds of stories with, um, you know, teens trying to uh, find out who they are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, hmm. Now that you <laughs> mentioned it, it's just this story only gets better. Yes. And I really, I really do love it. But just knowing where it goes, this gets maybe two or three conchas. Yeah. Just because I know where yeah. it goes and the potential that it has. And this is just like, but it's still so good. All right. I'm just three conchas. <laughs> it's, it's three conchas. The, the rest, like, it's just, this is a good story. And it didn't have a lot of, like, we know Miles is Afro-Latino, mm-hmm. but we don't really get that from yeah. the first book. Or even, like, I mean, we're going to say, or even from the second or third book. It isn't until, like, more later on in the story that we start to see it a bit more mm-hmm. when his mom starts coming out mm-hmm. more in mm-hmm. the book. And, um, um, but it's so good. It's so good. I cannot recommend this book enough. It's three conchas, yeah. <laughs> can, can I ask a question? Uh, I know that you're just, you just touched on the subject that you, we see more of her, his mother, like in the fourth book. Um, and I think that's only because, um, he's in this academy, so he actually is, living at this high school yes or junior high junior high i'm sorry yeah, junior, junior high, school. high. so uh, i think that's why he's not really lat- latino-esque mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. what, what what did you call it latinidad uh-huh. there's <laughs> not enough there's not enough latinidad but mm-hmm. uh, like you said we see more of her in the fourth book so i think that's where that comes in so I don't think they were trying not to bring that out. I think it's just the progression of the storyline. The progression of the storyline and all mm-hmm. that, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And you know, and I'm I'm just gonna go out there and say it. Uh-huh. Uh, when it's a white man writing the story, those things are not forefront in their minds. Yeah, and and it's not it's not not a a negative thing um, or anything. It's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's those are the things that like to him, you know, uh, coming <coughs> down the stairs or coming into the kitchen in the morning and having you know huevos rancheros or beans on even you know refried beans i had refried beans for breakfast like for the first 12 years of my life yeah. so like those kinds of things if if culturally you didn't experience it then you're not gonna think about placing it in your story mm-hmm. exactly. and this is like where you can see the difference in something like day tripper when oh yeah you see it and whereas here in spider-man is that it's like it's the main focus of this is that superhero yes yeah uh-huh. everything exactly. else is a background so it's about the journey from him being just a kid to being a superhero. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Whereas in something but that's uh, like Day Tripper, which was written by, created by Brazilian brothers, right? Is just like they know, they know, they know to add those little t details and those little markers of identity into their book that they don't even really think about. Yeah, it's just added. It's just reality. It's just how they grew up. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, it's. It's about the fantastical. It's about being a right. hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which, again, not a critique. It's like, it's why I'm, why I read it is that I do like my, I do like my capes and tights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> my capes and tights stories, but I can, I can appreciate those little bits of, 
of detail as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I also am going to give it uh, three conchas. I love Miles Morales. I loved this book. I loved reading the origin um, of a character that I've grown to love. Uh, reading the stories where his character and his world has developed a lot more than what we've seen here. And Jen is absolutely correct. It only gets better. Um, and I totally would like to go back and read more of the ultimate stuff. So three conchas and just not giving it a, any champurrado or anything like that, just because I really wanted more of, or I was hoping that there would be a little bit more um, of, uh, that it would be more apparent, I guess, that he was Afro-Latino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me a while to figure out. Like, even though the last name, I was just like, I was saying in my head, Morales, Morales, Morales. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> It never really clicked until, like, the third or fourth book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, he's half Hispanic. <laughs> <laughs> it should have it clicked more because I thought his mom was just light-skinned. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, no, she's she's Latina. All right, guys. Well, that's three conchas each all around. And now it's time for On My Radar. And here to bring us On My Radar is Jen. So, On My Radar are two new books that came out this past week on on Valentine's Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) And one of them, both of these, both of these um, uh, are basically specials. One was an 80-page giant. The other one was a winter special. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to start off with um, uh, the winter special, which is... The Swamp Thing Winter Special, and also an 80-page giant. And this, it's basically two stories. One was written by Tom King, and it was absolutely amazing. It it's, was so good. It was so good. I, I, I got teary-eyed. Wow. I yeah. did, too. I was bawling. I was reading it in the car on the way home mm-hmm. from work on Tuesday, and I was bawling my eyes out. Wow. <laughs> And it's, it's a, uh, Tom King is truly a master in mm-hmm. storytelling. He is, he's so good. But, uh, in the short story, Swamp Thing is, he is, um, um, basically he has been cut off from the green, which is. Oh no, a, really? Yeah. So if Aww. you don't know much about Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing is basically an avatar of the green, which is the personification of like, I guess, plant life. Yeah. And, like <laughs> green and living things. And he's been cut off by it by a snowstorm. And he has been, and by not only a snowstorm, but specifically a snow monster. And he is, has, um, a, a little boy with him who he's trying to save. And it's just, as, as the story progresses, he gets weaker and weaker because the longer the snow is there, the longer the green thing, basically the green place is cut off from mm-hmm. him. And he, <laughs> he is basically, dying without his connection to the green and it's just i don't want to spoil too much about it but the way it resolves i just I, yeah it tore my heart out i was just like oh my god no <laughs> mine too and it's oh god there's just this one full page like for like two page spread that is just amazing like the artist who who was the artist for this i didn't quite pay attention to it um but the artist for the Tom King story is um um 
by Jason Fabo Fabok. Jason Fabok. And it is it's so good. And it's just there was there's a scene in here where the swamp thing cuts off his own hand. Yes, and sets to it start on fire. a fire. <gasps> that was so sad. Aww. For warmth. And it was just like when I saw it, I was just like, Oh my god. This is the Swamp Thing is so underrated. <laughs> it, just, yes, it, it, it. I did not want to read any Swamp Thing, but some so many people uh, recommended Alan Moore's Swamp oh, Thing. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. After I read the first volume, I was just like hooked. It was so good. And when I saw that Tom King was writing this, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to read it. And it does not disappoint. If you can find a copy of the eighty-page yeah. Giant Swamp Thing Winter Special still at your comic shop, pick it up. It is seven. 99 but it's freaking worth it and as jen said there's two stories in here so uh, that was just the first one yeah the second one it's it was it's an original story by len ween mm-hmm. who has passed away last year and um um that was this was the last story that he basically scripted and oh, wow. so in honor of that they left it without dialogue yeah so they just kelly jones who is a very prominent um uh, artist of during the 90s and he still is a very popular artist um uh, because he he just has a way of drastic drawing the muscle bound heroes that a mm. lot of people still like and i can kind of see the appeal to it he's very good with horror stuff mm-hmm. which is i really like how he draws swamp thing the way like uh he uses like shapes and uh, not sorry not him um uh, oh no yeah kelly jones the way he draws swamp thing is it's so human is it, he draws it humanesque but he also draws them kind of grotesque yeah yeah like he is an emulgation of plants and it's uh, he does a really good job with it um um and for some reason frankenstein appears in this but i really like how he draws frankenstein in it but you can kind of see a narrative in this story and then just like if he Lanwin had been able to finish it i'm pretty sure it would have been so amazing yeah mm-hmm. but just combined with kelly jones art and what you can see what you can make out of the story it's it's very interesting because in it we see swamp thing and he gives a piece he grows something and gives it a piece of it to a bird so that it can build a nest and you can, we see him smile like see mm-hmm, right there like mm-hmm. i was just like oh that's that's so cute and then in one of the pages we see frankenstein and he's stealing a child mm-hmm. who then we later see he's protecting it and mm. then so we can't make out story but you know that he he loves this child and i was just like oh that's so cute like what's going on i want to know what's, what's the deal what happened and um uh and then i we see some powers of swamp thing that i'd never seen before that mm-hmm. he can just manifest himself from whatever plants are available mm-hmm. i are- saw that somewhere i read that somewhere i think it, it was been. in the alan moore no, i don't know if it was that but i one of the you know where i think it was where? one of the only uh other convergence titles that i really enjoyed <laughs> was the swamp thing one mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and i think I that's where i saw yeah. it mm-hmm. and so even though the plants are dead and i think they're dead because the person that he talks to he looks to be um uh, abby's old ex yes so uh-huh. i think that's abby's old ex and he seems to be like in a hospital or an asylum or something uh or like a mental care facility but the swamp thing appears from it and i think that's why the plants are dead is that he didn't want a reminder of the swamp thing but the swamp thing still managed to manifest and we just see that 
and the story progresses and we see Frankenstein again but it's it's so interesting this story without words yeah it is still, yeah that we can still tell that mm-hmm. something is happening and I just find it funny because guess who makes an appearance I in a something title that is exactly what I said when I turned the page I'm like of course there's it's Batman, Batman. <laughs> of course it has to be Batman makes an appearance he looks cool I like his long back. I wanted ears. to know what he was saying. <laughs> I mean, the script, there's a script at the, or there's like, the outline at yeah. the end, yeah. There's an outline, which is what Lane Wein was, um, uh, what he wrote and stuff like yeah. that. But there was no, there was, no, there was some dialogue. Okay. Oh, that wasn't Frankenstein, it was Solomon Grundy. Whoops. Oh. My mistake. It was Solomon Grundy, and I want to know more about Solomon Grundy yeah. now because he's he seems interesting, and all I know about him is that he's a zombie. Well, he sure has appeared a lot this week, yeah, in books, in books, and so and they so they do that story, and it's it's really do, it's really good. I really like what Kelly Jones did with his artwork and everything. Um, even though I have my problems with him and how he's like sometimes it's just like okay, dude, tone it down. <laughs> um, uh, but then they post the actual script that was written for it, and there's some dialogue in it, so I would recommend reading it because I'm um, a uh, like if you want to maybe see more about the story, you can check because none of the dialogue was really fleshed out. It was yeah. just more an idea of what he wanted to be. Yeah, on the panel, and he never got to it. But he never got to it. And then um, um, DC um, uh, puts the um, uh, some little memorial shoutouts that they posted. On when Len Wayne and Bernie Wrightson died yeah. in 2017, which are pretty good. We see a picture of Len Wayne, and we see a full-page artist that Bernie Wrightson did of the Swamp Thing beating up some dudes, which I really, really, I really like Bernie Wrightson's art. Like, you mm-hmm. want to talk about a master at horror? Like, he was, he was it. He is, he's so good. And it, he's so tubular. <laughs> yeah, it's tubular. It's just like I'm just looking at this page right now, and everything from how Swamp Thing is drawn, like his teeth is just—it looks like a human skull, but he's still plant matter. The snakes, the trees, how he draws them, these like little demon things that have like faces on their chests—they're just—they're so—it's—it's it's so visceral. I love it without being too gory, and it's just like you—that's know, so good. And imagine imagining this colored. Like, knowing the colors that he used to use, that were used with his stuff. Yeah. It would have made... I have a Bernie Wrightson signed creep show comic. What? Yes. That's so cool. Uh, I, I, um, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. In one of the very first, uh, San Diego Comic Cons that I went to, uh, Eddie was like, you know, uh, the, the artist, he didn't tell me names because at the time I had no idea I wasn't into reading comics. I just was a Stephen King fan and he knew. So he's like, I have, um, I have this copy of Creepshow. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so cool. Like, cause you, if you've seen the movie, that mm. little kid is reading, reading the comic, comic book. book. Yeah. Um, Actually, to cut you off right there, 
Creepshow was my very first comic book I ever owned. Really? Oh. No, it continued, continued. <laughs> <laughs> so we brought um, the copy and Eddie Eddie gifted it to me. Aww. And we went and he was just sitting there like nothing, nothing all by himself. And I walked right up to him. I was like, oh my God, I love this. And he signed it and I have it somewhere. Eddie put it somewhere safe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's definitely worth it. And just so you know, uh, Len Wayne and Bernie Wrightson were the co-creators of Swamp Thing. They're the ones who yeah. created Swamp Thing and everything. And Lenwin himself, he, he was, he's super prolific. He's just, he's not a name that, he's a name that is recognizable in the industry because he helped create Wolverine. He helped mm-hmm. create, wow. um, just so many characters. I think they have a list of him, but he, he was amazing. And so at the end, they have like a full, like, color page. I spread. loved this with, yeah. uh, with them, with Swamp Thing and uh, Wolverine standing behind his desk. Yeah, and he Aww. was, yeah, and I believe he was, he was at one point, uh, Editor in chief for both Marvel and DC, not at the same time, of course, different, different time periods. But he was he was a, r- high up there on um, uh, Marvel and DC and making decisions and everything. So he is super cool. And he even after comics, he was doing stuff for TV, stuff for mm, animation, wow. and stuff. He was he was just very prolific. And he passed away last year. Yeah. So. I think this was a really awesome tribute, and I'm it so was. glad that they gave Tom King the story to do. Yes. Because it was just, it was so amazing. So, and it's a book that is, I think we don't have any more copies at Heidi Ho. I think we're out. Um, I don't know. Because it was released. It was last week. The was winter like, special was last week, yeah. Was, okay, yeah, the winter was special. Was it last week? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it was last week. Not not on February. No, this one was. Okay. Was so Swamp Thing was actually last week, not yeah. this week. The book that came out this week... I just that, happened to read it this week. That's yeah. why I got confused. The book that came out this week that I absolutely adore <laughs> is Young Monsters in Love. And this is... uh, it was, it's, it's a bit pricey. It's $10. Yeah. But it is $10. So very much it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And we get to see Swamp Thing on the cover of this one as well. Making out with the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> As Frankenstein watches in the background saying, we were made for each other, but my bride betrayed me for Swamp Thing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so corny. I love it. And <laughs> there's like, how many stories are actually in here? There were quite there's a few. Um, ten. Ten stories. There's and, I mean, some were better than others, but for the most part, I wasn't disappointed by any of them. Yeah, same here. And so, uh, kind of like going off of the Swamp Things thing itself, but Kelly Jones did the cover art for mm-hmm. this, and he actually does the art for the first story, which is a man-bat story. Mm-hmm. And so this book has ten stories in it. Um, um, a dollar co- each. A dollar <laughs> each. And they're, they're all really pretty good, and... um. um they got Kyle Higgins writing one, mm-hmm. Team Seeley, um, who, who was the other one? Colin Kelly and Jackson Landing, uh, Paul Dini wrote a story, Mark Russell, and it's just, they like, Steve Orlando wrote Visibility, which is why we probably liked it a lot. <laughs> which one was that one? Um, that was, um, uh, the one with Munster Mala and Oh, Brain. oh, 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 yes. I loved that one! Uh, it was, it was so good. But, um, um, they all have, they, they're just, they were specifically released for Valentine's yes. Day. But they all have like a touch of romance in it or about romantic feelings. And I really like the first one because it's a man-bat story. And I haven't read a man-bat story in like a good mm. while. So, and it's just him 
struggling not to turn into Man Bat even when he's confronted uh, with the face. Uh, mm-hmm. He's confronted with um, uh, his ex-wife. Yeah, his ex-wife now. Um, um, who is, she's basically like, you, you're too much. And yeah. She met someone new. And perfectly understandable when your husband turns into an insane bat dude, man bat dude, who goes around destroying things, you can, you gotta call it quits. Like, and like, I will not judge at all. Like, and it's just, it's, it's, it, it was a really good small short story. And I like the second one, which was about Frankenstein and about his bride. And they're going um, uh, into a facility to destroy robots um, um, that have been possessed by Satan. Yeah, they're this. They're like this. They're this. Um, they are a special like ops team that goes in to to protect the world from these crazed robots. I thought that was fu- a fun little twist on the Frankenstein and Brian Frankenstein story. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, Bride of Frankenstein herself has four arms, which I thought, well, I didn't realize at first until I saw her holding four guns. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. I don't think <laughs> I realized it either the whole time. Until right now, I'm just looking mm-hmm. at that picture. And so, and it's, it's pretty funny. And the whole, well, the whole, this whole story is written in the letter format. And yes. it's mm-hmm. very cute and it's very touching. Yeah. But at the end, there's a twist. There is. It's so good. <laughs> I was just like, oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, but like, yo, dude. Not dude. all love stories end happily. Not all love stories end happily. And Are this you one, sure? <laughs> is, this, is this a reminiscent to uh, Sweet November? No, just kidding. Just kidding. Spoiler alert. Spoiler she dies. Alert. Oh, <laughs> my God. Sorry. I mean, technically, she's already... <laughs> <laughs> Technically, she's already dead. So <laughs> nothing, nothing very much happens right here. But oh my god, the twist is so good. <laughs> it's, it's so well, it's so good. I cannot recommend it enough. And then the third story is a Solomon Grundy story, and this is why I said, uh, why I said in the Witcher special one, I was just like, damn, like, well, I need to know more about Solomon yeah. Grundy. Was mm-hmm. literally all I know is that he's like a zombie, a super powerful one. Who says his name a lot? He's a Solomon but, Grundy born on Sunday, or was it Monday? Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, like I like he 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 has this repeating thing that he says. Yeah. Um, um, and I like I that never clicked with me because all I knew about Solomon Grundy was what the animated series told me, and I just did not know anything mm. else. But this makes me want to know more about him because it's a it's a Solomon Grundy story and Superman appears in it, along with Superboy, who I love and he's so sweet. <laughs> but it's about Solomon Grundy and he's at a cemetery and he's talking with, well, not really talking with Superman, but they're there and Superman is just there for him to, to kind of help him sort out some things and it it was it was very sweet yeah and it there's something that superman says at the end that i thought was like very very touching yes and it says he says love is always a risk john but it's worth it even when it hurts and i was just like yes oh my god i took a picture of that particular panel and those lines and i posted them on uh valentine's day or no on the day before when i was reading it um because it was so poignant it's of so uh poignant. like yeah that just it, it it's uh love is always a risk you never know you know, when you are 
maybe sharing feelings with somebody. Uh, you don't know if they're going to return those feelings or even if you're in a relationship, you don't know. You know, you have your ups and downs. And it's always a risk, but it's always worth it. Always worth it. And it's, even it's, if it hurts, it's, he says. Even if it hurts. And actually, to, to be honest, I, I actually miss the heartache. The heartache was really brutal and excruciating, but it was kind of amazing to kind of live through that. Um, I, and I haven't, that. I haven't felt that way in a very long time. Knock on wood. Where's the wood? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, but it's, it's crazy. Really good. It's crazy. I really liked it because it had the sense of love perseveres even after death. And I was mm-hmm. just like, I was just like, oh my God, goth. I love it. <laughs> and speaking of that, the fourth story is actually a Raven story. And this was, I loved it. I love Raven so much. It, when I, I, I grew up with the Teen Titans animated series show, not Teen Titans Go, the, <laughs> one, the one before that. And Raven, I love Raven. She was my favorite. Um, um, but in this story, it's, it's Valentine's Day. Specifically, she says it's Valentine's yeah. Day. And she's been left alone, um, uh, at the tower and she's just like, she's like, I'm fine with that. Someone needs to remember. And I was just like, oh dang. <laughs> and it's but it's it's a it's a very I get a lot of these are bittersweet now yeah that I think about it and it's just like uh it's it's so good yeah and in the Raven story it's it it, it again is very bittersweet and it's just about and it, it the way it ends I was just <laughs> like oh my god Raven mood <laughs> <laughs> Like, it, but it was, it was, it was cute. Yeah. And it really, I think it really showed how Raven is a teenager. Mm-hmm. She's a, she's a teen titan and most of the time, mostly like in artwork and stuff like that and sometimes in the story itself it doesn't really come across well that she's a teenager and specifically that she's a moody, like, yeah. em, like emo teenager yeah. who is very isolated from the others but she doesn't kind of want to be. She wants to have a connection with somebody. And it's just, it was very cute. I really liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. And cool. then continuing with the other story is a dead man story. Mm-hmm. And this one was just cute. It was funny as well. And it just reminded me like dead man, dead man as a superhero. <laughs> is, like, I was just like, my guy, you're trying your best. You're, just, like, you're, 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 you're awesome just for the little small things that he does. And it's just, it, it, Dead Man is he I like him. He's he's great. He has he's made it his way to one of my faves just because of the stories that they yeah. tell him. He's like all, all my guy does is possess people. Uh-huh. He's that's like, his possess- power. <laughs> that's his he's super- dead. He's dead. <laughs> that's why he's called Dead Man. Uh-huh. So he can possess people, but that's about yeah. it. Uh-huh. And that's how he anybody he you can, you essentially, you can say that he's still a superhero from Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, to right here he does save this kid's life. Yeah. Um, um, sure it's by possessing him and making him jump out of the way. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I was, can do that. No, I'm just kidding. I can't do that. I can't do that. But it's just, like, compared to other superheroes, like, uh, Phantom Stranger has more powers. The Spirit has more powers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, what's the other one? Just the re- regular Phantom or whatever his name is has more powers. Like he's just like he's a, like somebody already got 
like all bases covered with others. So he just he just goes around doing like small things, but it's the small things that that <laughs> count. And it's and it's very very cute. Yeah, it's I really really liked it. And you want to talk about elementary school? We're just talking about the yes. place. Yeah, in and school. it's exactly what we're saying. The little kid is bullied, and mm-hmm. he gets um, mean little mean valentines. valentines. Yeah, yeah. and it's just and yeah, it was a little sad. Okay, if that's what happens, <laughs> I can see why schools yeah. why schools forbid. Other <laughs> other students from um, now doing the whole give everybody a Valentine's, <coughs> but it was very cute just in itself for what that man does to make brighten up this kid's day and the little letter he writes at him yes. towards the end uh-huh. was super super cute. Now onto the real tearjerker <laughs> is of course the Swamp Thing story because everything about Swamp Thing I am now absolutely confirming is freaking tragic. <laughs> it's just it's just a tragic story and yeah. I freaking love him. I would be this I would be this lady. Like I you know, like she says something like, um um so something is out to get And I Valentine. I like how Swamp Thing is like the most grotesquely just he's not even a person. He's mm. the anthropomorphic grass. Yeah. And he gets so much action in his book. He, he <laughs> does. He gets all the action. And it's how they write him. He's so yes, sweet. He is. Just, even how she's the, in the mo- <laughs> Even in the in the story, the the person who is the um, the object of his affections, she says like I've never done this with a man, much less a, a swamp thing. <laughs> oh, but no. oh my god, if you're like this with all the yeah. ladies, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just so like, girl, mood, like shit, <laughs> like if if half a, if a single dude treated me the way swamp thing would treat me, I'd be like. God damn. <laughs> but Swamping has got all the guys beat in all aspects. Yeah. Like, but he's not even a man. He's not but he, he used to be. He, he used to be. be. He remembers. He remembers. He, he remembers sometimes, but like, I'm just like, oh my god. I love something. Yeah. He's a, he... <laughs> but the story starts off very cute. Yeah. It's very, very cute. Um, cause something is of course known to the locals who help him out. Cause one of them, one of them buys a Valentine's Day card that he wants to give to, um, um, to a botanist who has become his, I guess, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And who he really, really likes and loves. And it's really funny because the first Valentine's Day card is super cheesy. Yeah. And says, like, <laughs> and it has like a cheesy chicken on it and everything too. And something, he's just like, no, not this yeah. one. Give me another one. And he's just like, okay, this one's fine. And he goes and he, he, um, um, the person, I don't believe we ever get a name. I think, yeah, I don't think we do. <laughs> I wanted to fill the silence. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. And, um, um, but she's a botanist and, um, uh, he gets to know her. And I figure out something like, cause I haven't finished Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, but uh, Abby gets taken away? For what? Like, I'm just like, what happened with Abby? I like, don't remember. I don't remember either. Like, again, I haven't finished Oh, yeah, I only read the first volume, so I'm I like, don't. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm like on volume four or five. Oh, I'm like, you're two. way farther than yeah. me. And so, but then there's still also the Swamp Thing Me 52, so mm. maybe it happened during then, but for some reason, Abby gets taken away, and I'm guessing she. 
might not be alive anymore? Yeah, when he referenced that, I was like, oh, first of all, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> second of all, I was like, oh, man, that's so sad. That's Yeah, that's so sad. She got taken away from him. And yeah. from the way he says it, it's been years. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, so he, like, you know, somebody comes along, he's just, he's alone. He's lonely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to cry for song. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, um, and again... Oh, that Swamp. is so cute. That's so, yeah, it's super cute. There's a uh, one a panel of Swamp Thing and this woman holding hands. And her hands are so tiny she can her her his hands are so big that she's just holding his pinky. Yeah, and it's it's so cute. But then again, somebody has to come along and ruin it. Ruin it. And that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> it's it was it was so heartbreaking. Yeah, and so but it's so bittersweet and. The artwork for this the story art is awesome is so good it like i was telling um uh, the girls earlier it re- very much strongly reminds me of dave mckeon art which is it's, I think it's, it's a compliment on itself yeah i think but, it's closer to the uh, arkham asylum yeah uh, dave mckeon art where he actually drew all the panels inside the the story not only the mm-hmm. cover art Mm-hmm. So it's reminiscent to that. I, I guess it looks uh, a bit like a dark watercolor. It kind of reminds me too of a weird world like aesthetic. Yeah, aesthetic kind of watercolor esque. Yeah, kind of a bit of mixed media in it. It's it's very good, and I love the name of the short story itself. Yes. It's called Swamp Thing in Heart Shaped Box because there's a specific there's a reason that he says. Um, uh, it's called like this because there's a small monologue in there mm-hmm. where he talks about his heart and how mm-hmm. and uh, when he gave his valentine of the valentine she's like you know human hearts aren't shaped like this he's just like i know and then she's just like how would your heart be shaped and he's just like like a like a box yeah and i'm just like oh my god if y'all can't tell i really like this <laughs> but um um uh, the next story is actually about two villains. I'm guessing they're usually villains that I have never heard of, but now yeah. I'm invested. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Literally, I want to go read Frankenstein: Agent of Shield, even though there was like two or three volumes ever released of that. <laughs> and I'm getting the feeling that's where they came out, but it was so good and it was so cute too. This was the one that was written by Steve Orlando, who is a a gay man himself. Mm-hmm. And I love all the works that he's done. He's actually writing JLA Doom Patrol. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, the JLA... The, for Young Animal? For Young Animals with Gerard. Wayne. Uh-huh. So he's a, he's kind of spearheading that along with everybody else. Like um, uh, the Mother Panic, mm-hmm, the Batman, mm-hmm. Shady Girl, and Wonder Woman, the one that just came out this week. But in this in this story, it's Monsieur Mala and the Brain in Invisibility. And, oh my god, this one was so good. Okay, this is I what, know, I had, if you would have asked me to guess for a million years that this is the way that this story was going to go, I would have never guessed yeah, it. Yeah, and this one actually ends very happy. Yes, so this one's this, happy. This is when the things start to turn, and most of these after that are actually very happy. Yeah. So we get over our bittersweet, cart-wrenching ones, and we start getting into, like, the more fun, like, well, not fun, but, like, at least, like, like hopeful ones, yeah, as more well. lighthearted, more lighthearted, and <laughs> Monsieur Malone. as lighthearted as a story about a gorilla with uh, guns oh, and uh, <laughs> and a brain in a in a robot can, <laughs> can, can be can be, but it's actually it's very sweet. Yeah, it it's is so sweet, and 
I was I thought it was gonna go in a different direction. Mm-hmm. I, but then once like, he started telling his story and about how Mansur Malah came about to be who he is, as Kristen said, an ape. He's a gorilla. And um, uh, the brain was a person. He was specifically a scientist who mm-hmm. actually made Munzer Mala. And they and he Munzer Mala starts talking about how he came about to be, who the brain was. I was just like, aww, they're <laughs> so. I mean, they're villains, but also aww, they're so cute. <laughs> and we see um, the 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 police officer, the person who's coming in here mm. and ends up helping uh, out is um, she has my reaction yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh, isn't she the girl wasn't she Kate Kane's girlfriend or something at some point oh I think she is yeah because I don't think um, um, Renee Montoya is back or is she is she back in oh, I don't know well this is built. I don't know when this takes place yeah. it's, they're just one shots but I think yeah I think this is actually Renee, I'm um, a uh, Renee Montoya. I'm um, a uh, Batwoman's girlfriend. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm um, uh, At least it looks like her now that you pointed well, out. Well, she says her name in here somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and I remember thinking, oh, this name sounds familiar. Maggie Sawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So it is Kate Kane's girlfriend. Actually, so that's what she understands. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's it it's 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 super cute and it doesn't the twist is so good yeah. and it doesn't end how you would think it would but it's it's so sweet and it's so hopeful and it's very very nice and this book came out on Valentine's Day but definitely if you come across it and are able to read it it these stories are good no matter what time of year you're reading them mm, and they're they're all super super great and I'm gonna end on that little recap because there's still like <laughs> Five more that we need yeah. to go through. Those, those were some of the best ones. Those were some <laughs> of the best ones. Um, um, but they were all really, really good. Any this I, of them all, the Swamp Thing one, yeah, was probably the best one. But they were all great, and I highly, highly recommend this book. It's well worth your money, and I wish, oh my God, do I wish that this becomes a monthly series? <laughs> but yeah. I don't think it is, even though they marked it as number one. But if yeah. they DC, if you would make it, I would literally sell my soul. Young like, Monsters in Love. Young Monsters in Love. It's like, it's such a call out. It's like, it's like a tribute to all of their older mm-hmm. stuff. Like, um, uh, Secret House of, like, Sinister Love. Um, uh, the House of Secrets line. Yeah. Just all those old gothic romance tales that they used to, they used to have that they no longer make. And it's the very basic idea that even monsters need love too. Yes. You have me sold already. <laughs> so, do they have what, a vampire story in there? They do. Yes, I, that's I vampire the actually. I vampire, oh. which also had very nice artwork. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's actually, I think, another vampire story as well. There's two vampire stories in here. Mm, I don't remember. But it's 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 highly yeah, highly recommend it. Nice, exciting. Oh yeah, and this is more okay. Last, last, last. Jen had three on my radar. <laughs> I forgot about that one actually. I did too. And this was actually this was actually a story that I read back in high school, middle school. What? It's it's been a long time, and I would I actually read it originally online because there was no available. Oh wow! Yeah, there wasn't. This wasn't available in print, so I had to I had to be like. I like, oh god, they're like the oldies with the internet. It's not even that old. The oldies with the internet. <laughs> the oldies with the internet. No 
Because you don't understand. You can't read scandalations online anymore. They've cracked down on oh, that. Really? So like. I'm gonna like on the internet things go by fast. So the, what mm-hmm. I'm talking about is actually like super old if, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like on internet terms, <laughs> like okay. internet terms, it's just like you can't read scanlations anymore. And so a lot of original stuff that doesn't get translated is no longer available because all these old websites that well, of course they were like stealing and you know copyright laws and everything mm-hmm. all about that stuff. They were translating works that other companies weren't translating. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the book that I have here is called Doro He Doro. And it was... I remember, What's it called again? Doro He Doro. I just wanted to see it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's, it's a pretty grisly kind of... It's, it's pretty macabre. And I'm, um, but the basic premise is that the world is divided in between magicians and non-magical people. And these magical people are always being experimented on by these wizards and so that's why many of them end up kind of grotesquely shaped or with different animal parts and these people hate wizards and whenever they can if they can kill one they will and so it's it's very it's very gory but it's also kind of cheerful because the main character himself he has an alligator head and he's out to like i'm gonna kill wizards and like i'm gonna get the bastard who turned me into this but he is he is being taken care of and he takes care of a woman who's a wizard and she's a very powerful one but she makes great gyoza so he's just <laughs> like yeah so he's just a like he's just like I like you you're cool and so it's 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 a very and he's funny too so it's a very it's very gory but it's very cheery and that's how i described it to uh Kristen so it was just it was just nice getting to read something that i knew that i could only read like online as a kid, and seeing it in print format, I'm so glad that they, it's in print format because when I had been reading it, it wasn't available, and now it is. And this is actually this is I'm super I'm so happy that it's out. But if if you're a fan of like Attack on Titan or mm. like The Walking Dead or just like any of like kind of like grisly stuff like that, but with a good story and with the like heart to it, I highly recommend this one. It's it's really really good. And there's like. Considering how everything is, there's only 22 volumes out, so... Oh, I was just going to ask. I see there's volume one, this is so volume it goes one. up to 22 so far? So far, yeah. It's yeah. it's been it's been going on for, like, maybe 10 years now. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's 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 a it's a long... it's a, With most manga, it's a very long running yeah. story. Um, um, but the fact that there's only 22 volumes available, and, like, Naruto, where there's, like, freaking 75 <laughs> oh, volumes, wow. and I'm like, nah, God. Yeah, that that's one that I started in middle school. Yeah, <laughs> and then I like I, at one point I went on a break, and then during that break, like twenty volumes were released, and then I had to catch up. I was just like, God damn! <laughs> but this is this is really really good, and I really like the artwork and the story. And so uh, I just I was just very happy to know that there was a volume one out, and that it's been out for a while. And so I just highly recommend it. Cool. Excellent. Well, that was uh, Jen with On My Radar. Well, uh-huh. All all of her On My Radar. All, <laughs> all, of my, my all radar. over her radar. <laughs> all over her radar. All up in there. 
And now we have Juntos y Fuertes. And to introduce <laughs> this segment is Kristen. Okay, so Juntos y Fuertes is the segment of uh, Comadres y Comics where we um, really like to highlight uh, comic creators who are part of um, other marginalized groups and communities. And today, I think both uh, Sarah and I have uh, Juntos y Fuertes. And I'm going to start with... Um, Bingo Love, which is also a book that came out on Valentine's Day. And when I read the premise of this book, I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds so freaking cute. Um, the little description on the back says, take a trip through time with Hazel Johnson and Mary McRae as they fall in love at church bingo in 1963, break up because of pressure from their families, and then reunite nearly 50 years later. And what the back of it says, uh, doesn't say, is that 50 years later, both of these women are married and have been living um, lives with husbands and families and stuff. And then when they meet again, um, they are faced with all of this flood of emotion that comes back um, from they were each other's first love. Uh, it was so freaking good. It was so cute. The art is so cute. The creators... Um, yeah, uh, the uh the actual book is written by T Franklin mm-hmm. and art by Jen um I don't know how to pronounce that last name Saint Ange Saint Ange she knows how to do it Jen knows how to do it Yeah I think that it's it's Jen Saint Ange And I remember that Jen said it before I'm like Jen knows how to do it Um the artwork is so awesome and amazing um the Something that I just really appreciated and uh, loved was just the different, not only different um, shades of uh, people in this book, um, a, a lot of black uh, families um, uh, as, as characters here in this book um, and their extended family members and stuff, the different shades of, of black people in this book, the different body sizes of people in this book. There was just so much positivity in all um, areas and just um, the story was so sweet. And it's definitely a love story and it's a love story that follows these women um, over 50 years of time and so you're you're following them into the future. And the way that it ends is so, oh my gosh. Like I was... Little tears came out of my <laughs> my sad little eyes. <laughs> it was so so cute, and um, this is actually uh, this project was kickstarted. Um, I'm not sure when, how far back it was, but um, the book itself now has been picked up by Image and is uh, in local comic book shops. So, for a Kickstarter project to actually be picked up by Image, the biggest uh, indie pub uh, comic book publishing company there is I think is amazing so um, I think that um, the why I picked it for Juntos y Fuertes is definitely um, they are not only um, the creators are, are black women um, but also comic creators who um, very grassroots indie creators who had a project that people believed in and backed and it caught the attention of image so definitely bingo love 
Um, it's already sold out at Diamond. You wow. cannot get it at Diamond. We have a couple of copies at Heidi Ho Comics still, um, but it's uh, it actually sold out before release date. Um, so wow, it, it really? pre-sold out uh, from Diamond, and they are um, a second printing is already in the works. I believe is going to come out in March. No, that was the second printing. This was the second printing. This was the second no printing. way. It, all, it had already come out from Diamond, though. Yeah, from Diamond. Oh, really? So that is actually a second printing. Oh. They're, uh, they've announced the third printing. Oh. And okay. so, um, uh, cause we didn't get it in the first time around. Uh-huh. I, I special ordered it because, um, uh, cause we didn't get any. Right. Oh, <laughs> and, okay. um, uh, and let me actually, let me make sure. But yeah, and also it came out, um, um, with the Valkyries. They were saying, hey, is this still available? And mm-hmm. they're like, no, the second printing comes out this Tuesday. Um, gotcha. This okay. <clears throat> and it's the, but, um, uh, T. Franklin, she's a very prominent voice on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I believe her username is Ms. T. Franklin, mm-hmm. M-I-Z. And she is, she is, um, um, she is, uh, I believe a disabled queer black woman. Yes, yes, that was she's the really? other thing. She's yes. a disabled queer black woman and she is unafraid and unrepentant in calling out all of their common creators on their bullshit yeah she has a strong voice Mm -hmm. and she is unafraid of being heard and she is just she's so amazing she's such an inspiration and um um, and i'm so glad that she got picked up by image because i know she has been in other stuff as well yes but it's just to be seen to see her being taken seriously as a creator is so awesome because i've been following her on twitter for a while for a long time so when I found out that she was doing that Bingo Love was actually available on Diamond, I was just like, "Oh, time to order." Yeah. <laughs> was, it's 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 so good, and I'm gonna be excited. I'm gonna be excited to read that because it's it looks so good. It's and, so cute, and I I have full confidence in T that she will she has written an amazing story. Uh, you can find out more information about the book at bingolove.com. I'm sorry, bingolovecomic.com. Uh, and I just, um, the book is rated T, teen, and it, it's, um, it's, I guess, book category on the back is LGBT romance. Mm-hmm. So, um, I highly recommend this book and, um, <coughs> I loved it. So mm-hmm. that's my, that's my Juntos y Fuertes. Excellent. I really like that. I really like the art. The cover art is really cool. It yeah. Really, it really brings out what the story is going to entail inside. Um, I'm not going to ask whether it's a happy or a sad ending. I won't be surprised. <laughs> but okay. if you're crying, it could be either. It could be either. <laughs> it could be either. It could be tears of joy or yep. tears, tears of, of pain. Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> um, this is Sarah, and I also have a Juntos y Fuertes. Uh, my Juntos y Fuertes is a Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Now, this was a Kickstarter project that uh, was uh, started back in 2016. It actually started November 28th, 2016, and it was backed by 603 uh, backers, and, and it raised $21,000, and their goal was $15,000. Wow. Um, I got this uh, first issue on Comixology, which it was available there for $2.99. Um, the creator is uh, David Crownson. And the artist is Cortland Ellis. And basically, this is, um, 
I'm going to be several issues. I only got issue number one. Uh, and there is also a book available on Comixology. It's already, already been a year and it started out back in, uh, in November because they wanted to release it for February 2017 for Black History Month. Um, so it's been over a year that it's been out. Uh, it's a graphic novel blending supernatural action with the true life of Harriet Tubman, which that was like amazing already in itself. Um, I actually read the very first uh, issue, and it is just super awesome. It actually opens up in 1860 Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, already the artwork is really cool. It's really dark, um, and of course, you you have this family that is trying to escape slavery, and there's a. It's kind of cool because it has a, some humor to it uh, with the banter of uh, the young. Um, there's a young girl, the young daughter and her dad. Um, I thought their relationship was really cute. And then you get, um, I, you get this really, um, realistic kind of, um, dialogue. Hmm. Uh, they don't really pull any punches. Mm-hmm. It's really in your face. The N word is just tossed around like insanely. Uh, so, um, it's, it's kind of, uh, reminiscent to the Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. So, um, so this is something that I, I found to be very exciting. Um, so I, I can't wait to read the rest of the story, but, uh, he, he did, he was able to release it and it was picked up by Comixology, uh, but they don't have any, uh, uh, large, uh, um, uh, um, not like, image or what publisher they don't have like a large publisher backing um and i'm not even sure if you can find it uh in actual book format print format mm-hmm. print format yes so um so far i'm really loving it so if uh in 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 homage to black history month and it being february uh this this is something that i i recommend that brings us to the end of episode number 28. Um, are there any shout-outs or anything, girls? Well, I would like to remind everybody that we are having our Javier Hernandez 20th anniversary El Muerto uh, event at Heidi Ho Comics on February 24th from 5 to 8. There's going to be food. Uh, there's going to be dancing. a cool, yes, music and dancing. There's going to be a cool um, Dia de los Muertos altar. There's going to be Javier Hernandez there signing. He has some exclusives that he's going to be um, offering. And in addition, there's going to be a cool pop-up art show that Javier is going to have um, with um, a lot of different artwork of his over the years. So uh, February 24th from 5 to 8 at Heidi Hill Comics at 1431 Lincoln Boulevard in Santa Monica. Please show up. It's sponsored by Comadre C Comics and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be amazing. There's going to be a photo booth. There's going to be like like paper stuff for the kids. It's fun for all family members. So bring everybody. Trae a la comadre, a la prima, a la prima, a la, uh, la vecina, a la vecina, <laughs> a la tutu, a la, a la chochi, a la chichi. A la sancha. No digas a la familia. Just come on down. You know we come in big numbers. So yeah. we can't wait to see you guys. We can't wait to meet you. It's going to be fun for the whole family. So come on down. Down. And I, I, th- I believe he's, uh, has some other exclusive yes, prints uh-huh. for this event. So don't miss out. Uh, re- if you remember, we reviewed the book, um, last episode and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, great. 
And then this Saturday, February 17th, we are going to be at Long Beach Comic Con on the panel. Long Beach Comic Expo. Long Beach Comic Expo. It's easy to get them confused. I do it all the time. Sorry. (laughs) And we will be there for a panel along with Fanbase Press, who are actually the ones hosting it. And if you can, catch us there. We're panel's going to be from 1 to 3 o'clock, I believe. Yes, I believe so. Mm-hmm. And the the title is, um, what is the title of the the um, actual... The Impact of Lat- Latinx Creators and Readers in the Comic Book Industry. There you go. So it's right up our alley, guys. Yeah. So come on down, have questions for us. Throw some potato, uh, not potatoes, not Tomato. potatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes, cause <laughs> potatoes, potatoes hurt. hurt. The potatoes would hurt. I've hurt. actually been hit in the head by a frozen tomato. Before. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, br- bring, uh, somebody bring the salad, just toss it at us. And that, um, I know, right? <laughs> I know. See, Kristen goes dirty. She goes dirty on this. <laughs> I did say toss. A, I know. I did say toss a salad. Toss um, a salad at us. So, <laughs> hey, I'm okay. not opposing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, please come on down. I would love to meet you guys. So, um, uh, hopefully, you know, and show the, um, the support for, um, for our Latin based community projects and such. So hopefully we can see you there. Um, those are the only events we are having so far. Um, but you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Snapchat. Did I say Instagram? I did. And, uh, comics at gmail.com. Thank you. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.